Curtis Lewa. Curtis Lewa. Rip and read. Check this out. This is the Rip and Read featuring Curtis Lewa. Talking about now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. This is the Rip and Read. song uh, coming in to the lunch hour edition of WABC because uh, the fire continues to burn at the NYPD warehouse, which is on a pier in Red Hook. I've been there a few times. And uh, the only time I'll ever give credit to uh, Frankie Diaz, who is uh, Jimmy Olsen here, our Cracker Jack WABC news crew led by Noam Layden. It's when he rushed in uh, that copy to me yesterday, Lou, uh, about the fire that was taking place at the warehouse full of DNA samples that are lost in perpetuity. They go back 30 years. Now, I gave credit where credit is due, but Jimmy Olsen, a.k.a. Frankie Diaz, and nobody else figured this out because, let's face it, they don't have street smarts. They're all college educated. They have their graduate degrees, some of them PhDs. They wasted their money. When any kind of street smart guy or gal could figure it out, let's figure this out, Lou. You're a street smart guy, although you came from Rockland County. Well, there's nobody street smart in Rockland County. Bottom line is a fire breaks out at 1030 in the morning. Not 330 in the morning, not 1030 at night, 1030 in the morning. If you've ever been to this uh, pier where they store all the police evidence, it's a large variety of items. I remember the last time it was in the news, a lot of the uh, materials uh, were destroyed uh, in the aftermath of Superstorm Sandy. No doubt about that. And back then they had stored a lot of that property in uh, 55-gallon cardboard drums filled with DNA evidence. Then, in the aftermath, they put them in plastic drums so that even if the water came up, these drums would float, and they were hermetically sealed so that that DNA evidence and other evidence that had been accumulated over 30 years, it could be used to exonerate accused people, falsely uh, accused and falsely doing time, or could help seal the deal and in the cold case squads, nail the person or persons who are actually responsible for the crimes committed. So there's a very important location for freeing the accused and the convicted wrongfully and for actually finding who was responsible inevitably for crimes that have been committed in the past. So at that very time, think about this. 14 NYPD employees and six contractors were working in the pier, this warehouse, when one of the contractors saw smoke coming from a high shelf. (laughs) Now, am I to believe this is like a scene out of Ocean Eleven, uh, uh, Lou? You remember when all of a sudden they had a scuba team, uh, 
uh, try to break into a safe uh, way down by Davy Jones's locker. Am I to believe that somebody maybe parachuted from a helicopter and worked their way to the roof and maybe poured gasoline or another accelerant and then just torched it and in scuba gear then just dived uh, into the uh, uh, the the waters of Red Hook surrounding area? Am I to believe all of that? Or maybe they'll blame it on a homeless guy. This will be easy, Lou. They blame it on a homeless guy. They say, oh, this homeless guy... You know, he had set up in the back of the pier where all the police evidence is kept. We had no idea. He basically had uh, become a stowaway on the pier. And, and he would leave at odd hours and come back at odd hours. We had no ideas. Cameras everywhere. Sensor detectors everywhere. Lou, this was an inside job. Oh, you can't say that, Curtis. No, what evidence do you have? Yeah, well, what evidence do you, any of you have? You're going to tell me that there are 14 cops on duty. There are six contractors. It's 1030 in the morning. Sensors everywhere. Cameras everywhere. And the place just gets torched. We used to say, Lou, it was an act of uh, J.C. God, an act of, oh, no, Hashem. That's right. We called it Jewish electricity, Jewish lightning. Oh, is, is Sid Rosenberg going to take me to task for referring to a term we used to talk about for years? It's an inside job. And then, let, let me extrapolate. Let me be the first to extrapolate. You notice there have been a whole set, a series of changes in the top echelon of the police department. A lot of uh, retirees uh, who were chiefs. Uh, who are in charge of departments, and a lot of new folks coming in. I would bet you that someone was going to be swapped out. Somebody was pissed off. It was a personal thing. It had nothing to do with a professional thing. And that baby got torched. It's still on fire. Think of it. Even if a fire somehow did take place on that pier, the police pier, uh, an e-battery, but all the e-batteries were disconnected from the quads, the ATVs, the e-bikes that have been seized, uh, the ones that were illegally operating, and they store them there before, like, every six months, they take them out to uh, the old landfill at Fresh Kills in Staten Island, and they bulldoze them. Remember, they do that every year. De Blasio did it. Adams does it. Uh, it's just a public relations stunt. There's no way that those e-batteries started a fire. That would be the easiest to blame them on, right? Oh, all of these fires, e-batteries, they were all disconnected. The second easiest would be to blame it on a homeless guy who somehow was stowed away on the pier. But nobody's going to blame it on any of the nine, excuse me, any of the uh, contractors, six contractors and the 14 cops who were working on the pier in all the evidence compartments at that time that supposedly that fire was first spotted in the high shelf. Now, I know... Uh, everybody's going to say, oh, no, 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 Curtis, why, why are you saying that? Everybody backed out and the fire department was alerted. Come on! What do you think, I'm a schmuck, I'm a putz? I may not have graduated high school, but I uh, have seen many of these scenes before. As we go back to the days of Mario Facha Brota Como, King Como I, when his father-in-law torched a key food in East New York for the insurance money because he wouldn't pay... A street gang, the Tomahawks, wouldn't pay organized crime to do it. He was so so cheap he wanted to do it himself. He fell off the ladder. He broke his hip. 
He ended up going to the hospital, and who stood guard as the fire marshals came to that uh, hospital room? Brand new graduate of the bar, Andrew Evilized Cuomo, said, you're not talking to my grandfather. No way. Wrap up. How can you forget? So I know all about this. I've spoken to fire marshals over the years, and they've taught me the nitty-gritty of how fires start, uh, how people try to throw you off of what actually took place by blaming everything under the sun, right? Now, remember, they're going to blame E-batteries, wrong. They're going to blame a homeless guy sheltered in there, wrong. Uh, They'll then probably say there was a combustible fire based on gases that had built up in one of these now plastic drums that had replaced the cardboard drums that were washed out uh, when the uh, waters came in uh, during Superstorm Sandy, wrong. I would say first and foremost, if I was a fire marshal, I'm looking at an inside job. That's number one. Number two, let's look at the highest uh, elected law enforcement person in New York State, Tis James, uh, who is a product of the Working Families Party, who believe in defunding the police, defunding prisons. And that's what she's always believed since she made her bones in city council and public advocate and now New York State Attorney General. She was all filled with uh, venom. For Andrew, evilized Cuomo as governor. And correctly so. He was governor perp, no doubt about it. Tried to blame it culturally on the fact that he was of Italian heritage. And that's why he was all handsy uh, on with the women who worked for him. He's a perp. But it's not do as I do. It's do as I say, but not as I do. Because we learned that she withheld information about her main consigliere for years. Ibrahim Khan, the wrath of Khan, would have been upon her. She didn't mention anything. She didn't fire him. There was nothing that rose to the surface in the election she just recently had where she refused to debate Michael Hendry, great Republican conservative, because she said, oh, he's a MAGA guy, and he said some uh, wrong things about her. Oh, excuse me, everybody else at least debated once, but you couldn't. We know now why. She didn't want this to get out about how she protected her chief of staff, Ibrahim Khan, on many occasions as public advocate and as attorney general. And now we find out there's another guy, Annie Pachado, who was working in a press office. Uh, All of a sudden, he was perving on women galore, perving on them everywhere. And he was told, he was chastised, stop it, don't do it anymore. And he not only continued to perv on women in attorney general Tish James's office, He went after the accusers. So finally they bounced him. And you see, if you're on the right side of uh, the Democratic Party uh, justice, he gets passed around. It's called pass around the perv. So he gets bounced, although he claimed he left. And then he gets hired. Pachado gets hired by Congressman Jamal Bowman, (laughs) who was then employed. And they knew all about the fact that he was a perv. And yet they employed him because he was our perv, not their perv. You see, it's all about whose perv you are. And then, of course, of course, the big story brewing. What are we, seven days away from the uh, discontinuation of Title 42 while the invasion continues? Although, uh, uh, Macedonian Phil, you have to uh, figure this out. Uh, Governor Kathy Crime Wave Holcomb who decides that her major job is changing terminology. Remember, we can no longer refer to uh, people in prison as inmates. We have to uh, 
refer to them as incarcerated persons. I don't know if there's any uh, uh, any penalty uh, for calling them um, inmates, uh, but I continue to do so. Actually, I think uh, having been locked up myself uh, in city jails, it's a hell of a lot better to be called an inmate than an incarcerated person. All right, my personal point. Now, all of a sudden, we can't call them illegal aliens. Uh, what are we supposed to call them, Phil? What was this multi-syllabic term? Uh, legal, but not legal, not whole, not a dreamer, one foot in, one foot out, uh, aliens. Something along those lines. So what is the penalty if I continue to call them what they are, illegal aliens? Because they're bum-rushing the Texas border now in record numbers. And it seems the three countries that have produced the most, that's right, I'm calling them illegal aliens, uh, Kathy Crime Wave Holcomb. Uh, what are the penalties? What are you going to do, take me off the air? What are you going to do, find me, arrest me? I've been locked up before. Imagine, what are you in here for? Uh, believe it or not, because I refer to people illegally coming into the country as illegal aliens. Uh, how much time did they give you? Triple life without parole. Uh, the other guy's next to you. Well, I killed somebody. I'm out in six months. That's how crazy things have become. But the latest wave of the illegal aliens uh, queuing up on the border and bum-rushing in all throughout Texas are individuals from Nicaragua. Now, why are they fleeing Nicaragua? Because dictator for life, Manuel, uh, oh, excuse me, Daniel Ortega. See, I am mixing up my uh, dictators. Daniel Ortega, who is a pedophile, I might add, a pedophile on a pedestal. He has made himself president, el presidente for life, and his wife is el vice presidente for life. He's locked up all the dissidents in Nicaragua. The only one that he hasn't yet locked up is the cardinal of the Roman Catholic Church. And how come nobody has asked um, uh, the former part-time mayor, the dope from Park Slope, uh, Bill de Blasio and his wife Charlene, who went down to Nicaragua to help the Sandinistas against the countries. What do you think about your your crusader now, Daniel, a pedophile on a pedestal, Ortega? So first number are the Nicaraguans coming through. Then they're the Venezuelans. They continue to come through. And those are the ones embraced by Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan what to do with them other than to charge us as taxpayers over a billion dollars. And then, of course, now there's the resumption of Cubans, just like the Mariolito boat lift in 1980, conducted by Fidel Castro to release those of his uh, constituents from asylums, from jails, those that he just didn't like to the shores of Florida where they were met by Jimmy Carter and his wife at that time. And they became the Mariolitos. Hey, you see, it's all a circle. It's all circling back from socialists and communist countries. They come in. Whether they want to come to America. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Sliwa. Curtis doesn't know about you, but he rips and reads. This is the Rip and Read. Start my mission, leave my residence, thinking how I could I get some dead presidents. I need money. I used to be a stick-up kid, so I think of all the devious things I did. I used to roll up. This is a hole-up. Ain't nothing funny. Stop smiling. You still don't nothing move but the money. But now I learn to earn because I'm righteous. I feel great, so maybe I might just search for a nine-to-five. If I strive, maybe I'll stay out. By the way, so Lou, I, I see that somebody business. finally smacked around Chris Libertini in imaging. 
and he did the right thing. This, these are there's one studio, one prime studio alone here at WABC that we all broadcast from the Bernard McGurk Studio, in honor of our great colleague who took an easy pass to the Radio Hall of Fame in heaven. It wasn't St. Peter's who clocked him in; it was St. Patrick's. So that's what the uh, that's what the uh, Irish nuns taught me as a kid. The rest of us will probably go straight to hell without an asbestos suit. But finally, after what, 72 hours of me screaming how there ought to be a drop in honor of Bernard McGurk, greatest of all time as a producer and a talk show host. Thank God. But I am going to continue to be on these guys' jockstraps to do the right thing. How many of you out there, you've been listening of late here at WABC, whether it was Sid Rosenberg in the morning, Monday through Fridays from 6 to 10, and then all of a sudden, uh, Greg Kelly, who seems to be, this is his focus, the Central Park Five. They were guilty, the Central Park Five. And I'm saying to myself, my, my, what the hell is wrong with you guys? A black guy does something, you want triple life without parole, right? Let's say you're, you're taking um, money out of your ATM machine in a vestibule. Right, let's say it's you, Lou, you're taking that money out in the vegetable, and it happens to be a black guy who's holding you up. Man, triple life without parole. But if some uh, white-collar criminals who happen to be either white or Asian or Southeast Indian or East European rip you off for millions, make that billions of dollars, you sort of like all of us, hey, come see, come saw, it is what it is. For six months, I've been railing about this guy. And remember, I never trust uh, anybody who uh, has three names. <laughs> I've been telling you, it's all a scam. I don't care what they are, who they are, what company it is. Bitcoin bandits, blockchain criminals, cryptocurrency Ponzi schemers. I've been telling you for six months, it's all a scam. And everybody would tell me, oh, well, who are you, Curtis? You're just a high school dropout. What would you know? Don't you know these are men uh, of tremendous knowledge, graduates of Massachusetts Institute of Technology, MIT, with graduate degrees, PhDs? Don't you know these are men and women of great knowledge and intelligence, graduates from Harvard or Yale or Carnegie Mellon. How dare you impugn them? I went to uh, University of Pennsylvania, the business school. They, oh, man, you know, they, hey, how could you even compare notes with them? Because I know a scam, whether it's a street scam or it's a white-collar scam when I see it. So now we got FTX boy, right? He's on the ropes. He's out there in the Bahamas where the crooked Bahamian uh, government has been giving him protection for years. For the last two years when he went from nothing to all of a sudden $32 billion that he ripped off uh, from investors with the full knowledge of the Bahamian government because they were getting their piece of the pie. And now all of a sudden he's got his Stanford University uh, mom and dad that scammers themselves who've gone to the Bahamas, and he went before a judge in the Bahamas, very much based on the British system, no powdered wigs any longer. And he beseeched, he begged that he be released on bail. They offered, imagine this, he scammed $32 billion 
and all they could raise was $250,000 in cash. What an outrage. You figure they put up a few million. I got to believe that his mom and dad, the Stanford University scammers, who have been handling a lot of his personal business effects, have been salting away a lot of the scatol in their mattresses in Palo Alto. But anyway, 250000 uh, the judge indicated, look, uh, there's an order for extradition of you from the Bahamas where we protected you and you've paid off all of our officials to the United States where they want to keep you in the gulag and keep you shut down. They may even house you in Florence, the supermax in Colorado, because you've given out too much money to too many appointed officials, elected officials, in this case mostly Democrats. So now there is an extradition order. So what did this guy do, FTX boy? He claimed, oh, look, I'm a vegan. <laughs> oh, I'm on antidepressants uh, medication. So the judge, Lou, said, well, you could take your medication, right? And he said, well, I wear patches, you know, like smokers, uh, you know, the nicotine patch. I, I wear a patch because I have attention deficit disorder. Uh, go ahead, put your patch on. Uh, but uh, we can't accept 250000 cash bail. we got to remand you to a Bahamian jail. Yeah, right. With uh, satellite phones and all the ancillary uh, options uh, that they offer you in a place where they house scammers and they're offshore. How any of you could have been stupid enough to send your money offshore to what was obviously a scam. Oh, you send us some money. And we'll be your safety deposit box. We'll keep your SAM coins, which are now SAM coins, here. And uh, we're going to give you a PIN number, and you can check up on them anytime you want. You can't feel them or touch them. You can't put them in your safety deposit box, you know, at Bank America, on the Upper East Side of America. We're going to keep it. And people were throwing money at this kid. It looked like he had fallen out of his bunk bed at Summer Cab in a drunk-induced psychosis. And then all of a sudden, when the judge, in her British way, as they speak in the Bahamas, called him a potential fugitive, that's why she couldn't grant him $250,000 cash bail. Uh, This guy's mother was laughing out loud because he's a total mamaluke. A total mamaluke. And then, naturally, the U.S. attorney for the Southern District yesterday in Manhattan said, we're going to get him, we're going to get others. Like they just woke up. I've been ranting about this for six months. Six months. Even my colleagues here at WABC, oh, no, midterm elections. You know, there'll be a red tsunami, right? Yeah, yeah, sure. It turned out to be a red tsunami, all right. How much time did we waste talking about an election that changed almost nothing? Almost nothing. Slight, slight majority for the Republicans in the House, right? All that talk time, and while all they were like, like male and female yentas, midterm elections, red tsunami, our team versus their team, and these Bitcoin bandits and these blockchain criminals and these cryptocurrency Ponzi schemers were going to work. Well, FTX turns out just to be Avis to Hertz. That's Binance. We're going to get to that in a moment. But let me credit two of our colleagues yesterday who finally woke up. No, no, they, they didn't become woke. But they finally started to talk about this scam of all scams. And who was that first? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Bo Snurley finally talked about it. This company dealing with billions of dollars, billions, they can't find records. They just took the money, apparently, from investors, and the record-keeping was shoddy. 
employees communicated invoices and other financial documents through the workspace chat application Slack. They use QuickBooks, the stuff that we use, you, me, everybody. In this billion, billion, billion dollar company, they were using QuickBooks. Finally, finally, James Golden recognizes the story. But then there's a caveat. You see, it's all about the others, cryptocurrency pirates, Bitcoin bandits, blockchain criminals, but not mine. After I gave him a standing ovation for finally waking up, then he drops this one in defense of his cryptocurrency Ponzi scamming friend. And one of the things, if you listen to the Future Is Now podcast that I do with James Eisenberg from Inner Black Capital, one of the things he points out is that this was not a blockchain crypto company. They did things in the same kind of business model that some of these corrupt institutions used that caused the last financial meltdown. So uh, let me get this straight, Lou. His uh, blockchain guy... Uh, his tuchus smells good. Get out of here. If any of you have invested in blockchain, Bitcoin, cryptocurrencies of any type, uh, globally, locally, regionally, wherever it is, man, get your money and run. It's all going to implode because um, FTX was just Avis to Hertz Binance. And it turns out that Binance, which uh, is the number one uh, company of Bitcoin criminals and blockchain uh, uh, blockchain hold-up artists and cryptocurrency Ponzi scammers, they don't even have a headquarters. They don't even have a headquarters anywhere. Oh, oh can I get in touch with uh, Binance? No, they don't have a headquarters. Well, where's the guy from Binance, the infamous Zhao? Well, I don't know. He could be anyway, sometimes uh, in a number of places. He has a Canadian citizenship, but he's gone to Japan, Singapore, Lithuania, Malta, Dubai. The guy is on the run. Any moment, Binance, which financed FTX, is going to implode, and everybody else's house of cryptocurrency Ponzi scammers are going to implode. I mean, it's Yao. I do want to give a shout-out, though, to um, Mark Levin yesterday and the 7 o'clock hour. Man, he he was fantastic. He uh, not only talked about the implosion of FTX and Ponzi scammers uh, in uh, Bitcoin, blockchain, and cryptocurrency, but he talked about maybe the biggest Ponzi scam of all, Social Security. He was magnificent. If you can go on the podcast, please do it, wabcradio.com. Boy, he laid it all out brilliantly. I concur completely. If you look at what we've done with Social Security, it's supposed to be a lockbox. We've taken money out of there. We've never returned it. And eventually that, too, will implode. Slow as it might be, it will implode. But let me take you back. Do any of you know who supposedly invented Bitcoin? Do you have any idea, Lou? Do you have any idea, um, Macedonian Phil? Of course not. They all claim that it's a like a Wizard of Oz guy from Japan, Satoshi Nakamoto. The only place you could even see anything of Satoshi Nakamoto is in Bulgaria, one of the most, if not most, corrupt country in the world. They have a statue to him. He's called the father of Bitcoin. So think of it. 2008, two momentous fissures occurred in our economic system. The collapse of Lehman Brothers because they were trading in subprime mortgages, which were worthless. They were bundling them, and then finally it all collapsed. 
And Democrats and Republicans were feasting on that. And they knew it would eventually collapse. And also, 2008, the Ponzi scheme of Bernie Madoff, $60 billion ended because everybody wanted to cash out. They wanted to cash out. They wanted to get their money because they were losing their money with all their other investments as a 401k would become a 201k. And then they found out there was one accountant with a number two pencil in New City in a storefront. And his secretary was basically cooking the books at her kitchen table in Howard Beach. And that was it. That was the whole Bernie Madoff scam. A guy originally from Far Rockaway went to Far Rockaway High School. We got to get, and that was 2008. And when did Bitcoin come about? 2008. As the other two scams imploded, they had to replace it with another scam on Wall Street because remember, they're white collar criminals. So the next time you want a street hoodlum locked up, triple life without parole, I don't, I don't blame you. Think about all the white collar criminals who are feeding. And all the investments that some of you will never see again because you got schnookered, you got bamboozled, and they're going to be living the high life on your money. What's the difference, getting uh, robbed at the end of a 32 or robbed for millions of dollars of your hard-earned investments? Talking about this is the Rippin' Read featuring Curtis Lewa. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. Lou, take note of this. That's still not Chris Libertini. Doesn't he realize this is the, the portion, the Sid rap? That Sid Rosenberg designated me to uh, do the wrap up. Of the show he does every Monday through Fridays from 6 to 10. With you, Lou, uh, and with uh, Macedonian Phil, who's left the house. I, I want a, a different promo for this. What the, what the hell is this? I, I don't understand. i got to beat this guy to a pulp. This is the Sid Rap, and you all three of you are going to regret ever delegating this to me. In fact, I've noticed that all three of you have uh, decided you don't even want me to end the week. As the close of Friday mornings from uh, at 7.05. Well, I'm going to be here. Let's see if the three of you can stop me from coming in front of the microphone at 7.05. Because, you know, the clock is ticking, Lou. The clock is ticking. What was supposed to take place tonight? Tick, 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 tick. Well, I guess uh, Lou forgot uh, 60 minutes, right? Tick, 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 tick. Let's see. It is now uh, close to 1 o'clock. By 7 o'clock tonight, if you remember correctly, but Sid wants you to forget it. Uh, he had sworn, sworn on his daddy's grave that Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, would be having a, a sit-down, a meal with the greatest mayor to ever exist in the city of New York, Rudy Giuliani. And I did everything to prevent that, everything to throw a monkey wrench into it. So today when I saw Sid, I said, what about the dinner? He's talking about some some dinner on Tuesday night I'll get into. That has nothing to do with Eric Adams or Rudy Giuliani. He should be apologizing for having dropped the ball. But anyway, now that all three are teamed up against me, not only Sid Rosenberg, he's having doubts, hesitations. He's kvetching, should I let Curtis on twice a week? And he's been joined by Lou, who dropped the mic on me. I'll get you if it's the last thing I do. And Macedonian Phil. Here's Sid Rosenberg talking about what I look forward uh, for for Macedonian Phil in the morning. Yesterday, every text 
was an I hate Phil text. He actually said, I had to, I had to yell at him. He actually said, and I quote, I hope Phil gets mugged. Oh. I swear to God, because you live in, uh, what horrible part of Brooklyn you live in again? Bushwick. Bushwick. And there's no doubt that as the ultimate McWhitey Whitey, he's living in the heart of the hood. I know exactly what street I'm not going to tell you. And uh, cops at the 83rd Precinct, they've actually told me, one former guardian angel, that guy is insane in the brain. But then uh, all of a sudden, he's got a warped sense of humor, Macedonian Phil. He's... uh, He's self-deprecating, but I don't understand. I don't think he understands the belly of the beast he's crawled into. Yeah. Honestly, like from a third person, like if I didn't know me or if I wasn't me, it would be kind of funny. You know, some kid at work just gets mugged on his way to work. Well, I got news for you. It's still kind of funny. Yeah, I do I know, know you. you. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> that's, that's why I kind of, I'm not even like mad at it. It would be kind of funny. Now, you know, he doesn't have to worry about being mugged. That's eventually going to happen. But he actually has told Sid Rosenberg and Lou and Justin Ellick, the producer, that he shadow boxes in the streets on his way to work to catch either the Yell train, he got that muggers, or the M train, depending on uh, his proclivities that day. He shadow boxed while running in the streets of Bushwick. And if a, a brother doesn't come out and challenge him to slap boxing, which is what they do in prison, uh, Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, with his new his new program of snatching up the emotionally disturbed and putting into an asylum. Look, look how Eric Adams describes who he's coming after. The shadow boxer on the street corner in Midtown, mumbling to himself as he jabs at an invisible adversary. Boy, that's Phil. Man, he's gone. And then to add insult to injury, our great uh, newswoman in the morning, Deb Valentine, who does the news from 5 to 6, and then the news for Sid Rosenberg, uh, renamed uh, Friends, and I've added the addendum uh, Fiends and Foe, because I'm the foe. Look at what Deb says, that if if Phil happened to get mugged. Deb, uh, you would not put the mugging of Macedonia Phil in the news? Things like this happen every day. Right. But he's a, a valued member of our radio station. Well, he absolutely is. I'm not disputing that one yeah. bit. But you wouldn't put him in. Well, it's funny you bring up the crime number. I, I'm, I'm not going to put it on the news that okay. a woman had her purse stolen or something like right, that. I mean, right. it's got to be. We, we but if the, try but to if concentrate the, but, on the major But stories. if the woman was Margot Katz-Matidis or Emily Pankow, you would think it would make the news. No, I mean. Well, that's absolutely different. Well, then why, why is that different than Phil? He, he works here. He... <laughs> We're all know. equals here, are we not? Not really, oh. no. Oh. No. No, you're going to learn quick, Phil. You are a person of no consequence, and I will get you, Phil, if it's the last thing I do.